Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the team. Ooh, we're getting good at that. We are. <laughs> this is what our 17th, 18th episode, and we're finally, finally. in sync. I know. Um, it only took. My name is T-Rex, and I am joined by... Lucky Steph. Hello, friends. Mm. How are you? Today, uh, in our time in this universe, <laughs> voting day, Woo! and uh, it didn't take me very long at all, but uh, it took you a little bit of time. It took me some time. There was a lot of people in line at my polling place, which is awesome. Yeah. But also there were these people in line at my polling place that tried to vote because their polling place had had too long of lines yeah. and they thought they'd just go to another one and there was an argument. I like put on my long johns. I was like, I'm going to get coffee. I'm expecting <laughs> waiting in line forever. I've heard the horror stories of people waiting like three hours for like early voting and I walked in and there was like six people there like milling around. They're like, oh, uh, come over here. I was like, out in 10 minutes. I was like, work. <laughs> um, all right, we are joined by a very special guest, Evie Oddly from Denver, Colorado. Howdy. How are you? I'm alive somehow. Mm-hmm. First time in Chicago. <laughs> uh, first time like being this deep in Chicago. <laughs> what do you What do you mean? Like I've I've come here a few times before, but it's always like halfway touristy. Like oh my okay. gosh, like look at look at the, the queer people there. Yeah. Oh look, there's a lake, and this is my first time like actually doing doing things. Um, we are also joined by here. I think you should get a little closer. Sorry, I feel like we're like too far. Sorry, be controlling. Um, <laughs> we are also joined by uh, Tiffany Diamond. Hi. How are you, hey. Tiffany? Uh, I'm feeling cute. It's a nice, you know, fall, winter, whatever day here in Chicago. <laughs> And voting day, but I did that early for Louisiana back home. Yeah. Very necessary. Well done. Yeah. Haven't lived there in years, but keeping something Nobody needs to know. Yeah. (laughs) This was my first time voting in Illinois, so... Oh, wow. Yeah, I was hanging on to Florida for a while. <laughs> and I just got my Florida, or I just got my uh, Illinois ID after 10 years. Oh my God. Holy I still have my California ID. Tiffany I won't let it go. still has her. Yeah, I haven't lived in Louisiana in eight years. <laughs> and I still have that one, so. I would like to say a lot of it was political, but I know, or I'm just I mean, lazy. when I get your mark, I will maybe get mine too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's jump in. Yes, um, let's. Our first question is, what advice would you give to queens trying to move up from the amateur slash competition shows to the main show? Uh, I'm going to go first to Tiffany because she's a winner of Crash Landing and she's had one of the fastest like come ups. Um, I mean, also to people who don't know you, tell them like uh, what you do professionally and uh, outside of drag. Okay, so so outside of drag, uh, I also am a children's book illustrator, and I've been doing that for a few years now. Um, I have a few books out now, a few books coming out in the next couple years, which is great. Uh, and then I'm also a tattoo apprentice, so yeah. all arts, all the time. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, when it comes to coming out of, what was it, out of the competition scene? Yeah, like, how do you how do you make it to the main show? You know. Like, what has to change? Sorry, I got, I got extremely distracted by Tiffany's brand spanking shiny, beautiful yeah, tattoo. She has a beautiful is it a tattoo. Valkyrie? It is, yeah. Valkyrie oh Warrior God. Woman. Yeah, I've been wanting this for years. And so. And now that you're an uh, apprentice. Yes, my mentor, Rich at Wildwind Tattoo, took care of me with this it's and gorgeous. teaching me all the good stuff. So, mm. yeah, it's great. I love it. Um, <laughs> sorry, I interrupted you. I was mesmerized and staring. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of came to drag. Uh, with this creative entrepreneur mentality because that's what I essentially went to school for and that's what I've been you know doing mm-hmm. for years not in drag but drag is just another art form so I applied that same thinking to what I was doing and what that kind of meant for me was every show every competition everything I did was with intention it wasn't just yeah. like blindly like mm-hmm. I'm getting oh, yeah. out there to compete 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 be out there in yeah. front of everybody you know, you definitely want to get out there as much as you can and be present, but you also want to be conscious of what it is you are presenting. You know, if you're just yeah. doing the same thing over and over again at every different bar, <laughs> no, that's you're not... wasting your time. Yeah, and it's and yeah, and don't think about it as just getting the hundred dollars at the end of the competition. I mean, that is great, but your end goal has to be using it as an advertisement yeah. opportunity. You know, even if you know you don't have a good chance at it or something, you still are using it as a way to say, everyone look at me over here, book me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that a lot of queens kind of think they have to be at everything all the time, like being oh, in all the shows. And it's, you're going to no, burn out. Like, I would never you're going to oh. burn out. And but people will burn out on you. Exactly. You know, take your time, yeah. bring something new. And if you can't bring something new yet, 
hold off a week or two. Hold What's off. Wrong with that? Especially because when you're just starting, I mean, you're trying to show people that you do a variety of looks. And if, if you know, in th- those first few months, I mean, you only have four or five outfits. Yep. Don't go out every night just to do it in the same outfits because yep. everyone's going to go, well, she's really wow. trying to get her money's worth out of yeah. that, you know, blonde wig. You know, you got to <laughs> show them, you know, don't blow your load all at once, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, and how long have you been doing drag and... All, all, all of that jazz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My basic description from eHarmony. <laughs> uh, I've been doing drag for six years now, and it took me like two or three years to get out of the competition scene and mm-hmm. become a staple in Denver. And what it really took for me to get to that point is like, like we were talking about, you just have to kind of take your time and realize not everything's going to happen overnight and you have to learn how to read different audiences and deliver what different people are going to want to see so I think it's being patient as like shitty and terrible as that sounds like being patient working hard and like giving respect to the people who are who are there before you mm-hmm. and learning from them yeah yeah they're the, they're the only way that you're going to really like learn how to fine tune and hone this craft and i i will say there's so many girls that come in and and you, you you have to kind of take the temperature of the room when you walk in and when you go i want to get this gig and this gig you have to know that what you're saying to the girls around you is uh I'm gonna come, I'm coming for your gig mm-hmm. or or I deserve this as much as yeah. you do. So when you say that, they're gonna say, Well, girl, do you? <laughs> Maybe you don't. Maybe you need to put some more time in. So while some people think that, you know, you know, it shows confidence, you know, to just kind of stomp in sometimes, you, you also have to make sure that you have showed your dues, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of people started out doing drag by like carrying Queen's stuff and like hanging yeah. out in the dressing room mm-hmm. and helping out and really being able to see people up close and personal doing it yeah. and then learning from that and I think that and this is something that happened to me too I like started off not doing that I started off watching all of these YouTube tutorials and like doing the thing that you know mm-hmm. Queen's yeah. do now yeah, yeah. and then I went back and started like helping out on shows and hanging out with Queen's and you know schlepping the bags and things like that because I realized that I didn't have all the information that I needed. Mm-hmm. I thought I did. I was super cocky. Yeah. Well, I think it's part of that, like bouncing on that is don't come in with expectation, come in with goal and hope Yeah. yeah. and like put your best foot forward and put it out there. Like put that good energy out there that you want to be a part of these things. Don't come in thinking you're owed. Yeah. Habit. Right. Cause that will turn people off immediately. Oh, so you will be mm-hmm. out as quick as you are showing up girl. Yeah. And it's always good to have intention too. Like when you are going into these things, when you are trying to like get your name out there, if you're just getting, getting your name out there to get your name out there, are people really going to pay attention? Do they need to? Or are yeah. they going to pay yeah. attention in a really not great way? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, all attention is good attention it, as not, we learned when we were three. Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, the ecosystem thing, you know, I hammer it time and time again. If you go in and say, what can I offer? Can I start a new show? How can I be of assistance to this? What am I going to add to the scene? Exactly. Not, not immediately walking in with your hand out going, okay, it's time for me to shine, right. bitches. <laughs> you know? You, yeah, and Tiffany, I think you've done a really good job at that because you have, well, tell them your shows, you have the... Uh, right now, Saturdays. it's Saturday's pregame at Scarlet, so that's an earlier show at 9. Uh, and then I'm reworking right now Battle Royale with a new co-host, which is exciting. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. We've talked uh, about that on here. Oh, sweet. About Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's a really fun show. Um, it's a wrestling-themed show. A bunch of <laughs> drag queens and kings compete, and it's really funny. Thank you. Thank I, you. It's, it's, I, it's, yes, I, I will never so forget much. being at that show and climbing up like a ladder and throwing my wig not realizing that there was a, a ceiling oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I see where you caught the wig I, I saw it hit the fan and then disappear the- and I didn't know where it went and it turned out it went directly at T and you I, caught I it and like, like waving it around and dancing and I was like oh there's I my wig I was so excited <laughs> was, it was a reveal I had a wig underneath it but oh my if God. you catch the wig at the show it means you're the next one to be, <laughs> to be a drag queen <laughs> Finally, you're it's, a real queen. It's good. It's good tuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
that's funny. Uh, yeah, it's a great show. So Battle Royale, new co-host. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, coming up yeah. soon. Uh, don't want to say anything too soon. But then, uh, sure. yeah, so Saturdays at Scarlet. And then I've actually cut back on hosting weekly shows. Mm-hmm. Aside from that for now, I was hosting a few and it was coming a lot with all the other things that I do. And I really want to be, you know, I am still newer in the scene, so I still like being able to bounce around between other mm-hmm. shows yeah. and bars still as well. So And in, in the beginning, still, I mean, how long have you been doing drag? Uh, I'm just a year and a half. See? Tiffany. Yeah. Ooh. Girl. <laughs> I mean, I love it when girls come in and they like have a plan and they achieve it and I like watching girls succeed in mm-hmm. real time. So well, I think, yeah. you know, I was, I'm a little older and like I've... How old are you? I'm 20. Oh, wait, I'm about to age myself. You're allowed. I mean, we all sort of... You're uh, younger yeah. than me. Yeah, I'm no. I'm 20. Nine, so yeah, yeah. It's okay, you've got so, the baby face. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they were still thinking I wasn't even twenty-one in New York, which was ridiculous. Ugh. But uh, you do have a Peter Pan thing going. Well, I used to be him at Disney World. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's, oh, lived, she's lived so many past lives. Well, exactly. So like, I've done all these things in the past, and I feel like I came into drag bringing that in, being like, okay, well, what can I pull from this? What can yeah. I pull from yeah. this? And there was still absolutely a learning curve. But like I said before, like I tried to do everything with intention, yeah. and uh, you have to be excited to learn and. Pre- People have to be. People have to feel that from you that you come mm-hmm. in and and yeah. Back to that, like questioning, what can I do for my community? How can I be a part? Yeah, not going in with the answers, but yeah, you did. Yeah. I feel like you did a good job. You no, did I, a good I think, job. Yeah, I love it. I feel like we all came into this because we love drag, and yeah. and you can really feel when people come into it for ulterior motives. Yeah, it, do, it just feels just less to like get we're all right. It feels less like we're all here to like have a good time and celebrate this art form that we love so much, and more like people just need a lot of attention. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, it's an art. Like it's yeah. a form of expression. It's so exciting. Like oh, I'm like getting the chills. I know, I know about it. you're like yeah. geeking out over drag. <laughs> I just That's what it. this is for. Uh, where do you work regularly, uh, Evie, in um, Denver? In Denver, uh, I work regularly at Trax, which is like mm-hmm. gigantic. I've been oh, I so to nuts. Mm-hmm. I've heard so many great things about it. It's absolutely crazy. You will get lost in a sea of like tiny, like itty bitty baby gays. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've heard it's like the biggest with the most professional setup, and it's just like a giant. I mean, I don't want to toot our own horn. I've I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been working there for three or four out of the last six years that I've been doing drag and I don't I don't want to say like all of my success is due to tracks but tracks is this giant place where everybody comes from like every little part of our community in Denver yeah. and so that's how I learned to like fine tune what I do because if you're performing for everyone all the time then you're gonna learn what different people like what they don't like yeah. if they think you smell <laughs> I mean, only only like once or twice a week. <laughs> That's why I keep body spray in my bag for anyone who might need it no. at the club. Aww. I don't have a sense of smell, so. Really? Almost none. My nose has been broken too many times. Wow. Yeah. Studio 54. Have I not? I know. Yeah. Have I not talked to you about this on this podcast? No. Yeah. Yeah, I got hit in the face with a football when I was 12. Marsha, like Marsha. I'm not kidding. It was exactly like that. Oh Somebody shouted my name and I turned so that it wouldn't hit me in the back of the head and I turned around and it hit me in the nose <gasps> instead. Yep. And I've had a deviated septum oh ever since. And then once in a mosh oh. pit and once my dog jumped up when I wasn't expecting it. Wait, how many times have you broken it? Three? Three. Oh my it's God. Nice. Well, the third time I clicked it back so it wasn't. Oh. Oh I was going to say, you should just try and keep it there because that's a lucky number. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it hit a lot but it looks prettier now than it did. You can see it in old pictures. Damn. Holy moly. It's crazy. When I was in eighth grade, my neighbor, Daniel Cottrell, threw a double D battery across the whole. <gasps> he whipped a he battery He threw it across you? the entire yard and it hit me right <gasps> below the eyebrow. And I had like, I have a little tiny scar, but it gave me like a full black eye, but oh it God. gashed my, my Daniel. eye. And no. I like, it was so close to making me blind. <gasps> it fucked my shit up. I know. But also I cite that moment as the moment that I like found how to be funny. Because really? I remember I just started roasting Daniel Cottrell. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how am I going to turn it on this piece of shit? And I just was like, I just remember like 
just turning it into a friar's roast of Daniel Cottrell. Oh my god. Yeah. You've been doing this forever. And then the kids just started laughing so hard at him and I was just going hard and I was like, hmm, I'm funny when I'm like yelling <laughs> and mad. I think it really like this explains of, everything. It gives a lot of insight to where uh, I like find comedy now with like things going wrong in the club. I'm like, what is, <laughs> what's going wrong? Where's what's the happening? battery? Yeah, what's happening? Yeah, where's the battery? What am I mad at? Just yelling at it, yeah. Oh my God, I love that. Should we ask another question? Uh, yes, or we can keep talking about my childhood. I mean, that's really interesting, but uh, how many batteries did people whip at you? <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> Drag is expensive. Feels like such a weird segue. Drag is expensive. Oh no, Tiffany. What are your best hacks for cutting costs on drag. Oh, God. Um, I feel bad saying this, but... I don't. <laughs> I spend too much money. Amazon. Amazon, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to buy local whenever I can, and, like, especially buy from other drag queens when they're making stuff and whatever, but sometimes you just need that, like, 20-pack of 301s, yeah. you know, when Beatniks is out for the 50th time that month. <laughs> what about you guys? I mean... I don't, I don't like like labeling myself as like a cheap queen <laughs> or a trash queen, but everybody, everybody else does. I call so. you DIY. Yeah, I'm a DIY <laughs> queen. That's actually how I've cut the most corners is just being like fiercely independent and wanting to do everything for myself. So mm-hmm. I make I make most of my own things. And if I don't, it's because I bought something really cheap at a Goodwill and cut it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we worked at Roscoe's on Sunday together and I watched you take your dreaded wig off and use the dreads to uh, d- dipping it in powder and applying powder to your face. Oh my God. Yeah, that's something <laughs> I've never seen anyone do that. I learned it oh, from wow. actually old pageant queens but obviously they didn't use like nasty shitty dreaded wigs they had had nice hair that they just used the fucked up kitchen for and they were like yeah if if you ever get like really sweaty and you don't have anything else to save you like use a drier part of your hair like pat your shit down I've definitely used a sock before I'm not proud I mean I I use socks for way worse things (laughs) one time kimchi had to do someone's makeup and she forgot her powder at home so they had flour at their house and Set their face with flour and worked, and she was like, "Why? Wasn't even no, an issue. It worked. good yeah. to know. That's insane." So Damn. use flour. Use flour. <laughs> yeah. Would you have Lasco? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess like. Mm, I don't know. I do spend a lot of money. I was gonna like, say, I it, yeah. but but like I do try and like be as frugal as possible. So like I will try and do as many things myself as I can. Cause I can still sew and I can embellish a lot myself. So mm-hmm. it's about like being smart. Okay. I know I'm going to need to stone an outfit. Well, can I order these stones from China a month in advance? Okay. Yeah. Well, let me bulk up on this time. Is very helpful. Yes. Like yes. Oh, you, yeah. planning ahead will help you so much. Cause when you're in a bind and you're like, well, oh, fine. I got to go to freaking beat next. I got to go wherever and, and yep. spend and an extra money. Spend your whole paycheck. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Cause you didn't plan it, which I do. I'll a lot, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. I try to plan everything out like a good bit in advance. I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Like, I live my life like six months in advance to a yep. year in advance at all yeah. times. I don't know what's actually going on the day of. I'm jealous. But, I can't do that. <laughs> uh, I yeah, that. so I like you know, I try to do that, but um, you know, make things myself as much as I can and uh, work with designers that I can collaborate on. Like, mm-hmm. maybe we can do trades for things. I love like, yeah. trading. You know, that's love a really it. good thing to do. I love trade. I mean, those are, I guess, my, my best tips. But at the same time, like, on the flip side of that is, you know, if you want to have nice drag, there are certain things that you're going to have to invest in. Mm-hmm. So it's also a balancing act. Like, okay, yeah. well, which parts of this can I maybe spend a little less on and still make it look like a really good look by pairing it with something yes. that I have that is more expensive? If you get a nice wig, like a nice big like custom wig from Sarah or whatever that you spend a couple hundred on Mm -hmm. I mean you can wear that with the cheapest dress Mm -hmm. and people see the hair and they'll be like oh my god what a beautiful real drag queen so So amazing and that that stuff lasts longer too like I have a wig from Sarah's that I think I barely had to like restyle it and zhuzh it up a little bit once and I've had it for two years hair is a big thing that helps you look more expensive like if you have something that's clearly styled I mean your eye goes straight to that Mm -hmm. and uh 
I think it is very helpful to have a, a styled hair. I mean, not even to clock myself, but like you can wear like a kind of simple bodysuit, yes. pair it with some big styled <laughs> big hair. hair, and it immediately ups the level of that look. I've yeah. never seen you in a bodysuit. Imagine. Never, me. ever. Every time. <laughs> or <laughs> on the inverse though you could also wear like really shitty crappy cheap hair <laughs> with like a gown and blow people's minds yeah, yeah. They, won't, they won't know what to feel they'll be like your body is so beautiful and then you just lose me at your at your shake and go goodwill wig yeah it's like ideally you would spend money on all of it but if there's something just, that's like yeah. a statement piece that people can go oh wow she spent time on that like oh there's a mm-hmm. thought process yeah. and you invest over time you know that's you true. Yes. It's not going to be an overnight. Suddenly, all of your drag looks like it's a million bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, get a dress, and when you're in a pinch, you can wear it, and then keep it at home. Buy those stones, stone the dress, wear it. You know, three months later, yeah. people will forget they saw it the Add first time. Yeah, hoard, Add hoarding, some, hoard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> some feathers. I cut it, do cut it up, do yeah. whatever you got to do. Yeah, cultivate uh, friendships with people, yes. borrow things, and repurpose them, and wear them in different ways. Yeah, not too much because then you'll get clocked but like if it's like the last minute and you're in a bind and you just don't have money to spend on something for a gig call your friend and be like what haven't you worn in a year yeah Tenderoni is really good at uh taking things from the thrift store and mm-hmm. stoning the living shit out of it yep. and, and making it look like one of a kind. Yeah. That Tetris outfit that time. they have. Yeah. Uh, and it's stoned Fashion all around every Tetris piece and I was like that would make me lose my mind. Yeah. And but it looks, it looks so great. It, it looks, looks so amazing. good on stage and it catches the light. Super sparkly. That's true. All right. Shall I do the next one? I think you should. Besides drag, what creative, well, we've kind of already gone into this. What creative outlets help you scratch your creative itch? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're tattooing. I mean, yeah. So I am an illustrator and tattoo artist by day two. So, well, tattoo apprentice. But uh, yeah, I mean, my life is just like one creative thing and it kind of always has been so everything just kind of feeds into each other and then when I'm burnt out on one thing I tap into the other so I just try to I don't know and I will say this for people who maybe don't have another creative outlet try and explore some new ones because you never know what a creative outlet that's completely different is going to inspire in your drag that's absolutely true everything that I do feeds into each other for sure yeah yeah this is a non this is kind of a sidebar but have they made you tattoo a pig yet um, I don't think that's going to happen. Wait, not what? a live pig. Not a live pig. Like a don't come pig. for me. No, Peter. I actually. I that's think a thing. Because it's yeah. the closest to human skin. Hmm. Yeah, I think I actually just have to tattoo myself. Oh, what are we doing? Yeah, so the thighs. I'm gonna have some real cute thigh tattoos uh, in the next couple of months. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Which you'll never see because I always wear body. So yeah, but it's so good. Then you know what it feels like too. Oh, I mean. Oh, yeah, I know. I know you've had 12 million tattoos. Um, more like seven. But. Well, <laughs> what else do you do besides drag, Evie? I mean, or did you have like past lives? Like, yeah, I was going to say before yeah. I like fell into drag because drag for me has kind of been the uh, end all be all. I've always been like really ADD when it came to what I want to do. Like one second I'd be in gymnastics and the next I'd like want to be a fine artist and the next I'd want to be a rapper. So <laughs> I've like had all of these things that I've always loved doing and I really like pretending that I'm going to invest a lot of time and energy into them and then not doing that. And when I found drag, like it's a great way to go through all of those interests and have a way to present it, which is kind of weird. So like some days, uh, I'll like some, not even days. Sometimes I'll just focus a lot more on like getting my theater rocks off, Mm -hmm. do a lot of acting. Some days I'll like, focus on trying to like be an artist and I'll do body painting and because uh, I, I come from an arts background I just need to be making something yeah what kind of arts uh visual no visual mostly like I was a fine fine painter oh really what like what what did you paint <laughs> <laughs> I, well that's the thing is I painted exactly what I paint now which is like like sexy weird drag like 
beings all the time and people would always be like your women that you draw they always look so fake and weird and I never understood it until I started doing drag I was like I I want to be that myself I love that that's like how that happened to me too that's with so many people that's like with pearls too like she just would draw pearl when she was little Mm -hmm. and then one day she was like drag is how I can become pearl and she became this thing and you look at the old sketches and it's literally recreating this thing right you become the living cartoon character yeah drag answers I I literally drew Tiffany all the time as a kid me too and it is very much exactly what I present now like she is a doll she's a little doll come to life (laughs) this is so interesting I didn't realize that this was going to be the like Uh visual arts podcast today apparently (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's good do you want to do the next one? I will do the next one. <laughs> but what about you guys with the visual art? Oh, the I mean, I, the, crea- the other creative stuff that you do? Yeah. IT, what is the other creative stuff that you do? Uh, I mean, writing for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing a lot of ghost writing that I like. That's so cool. I'm a ghost, so I can't say. <laughs> I can't talk about it, but I uh, have been doing writing, and that, for me, is my favorite thing. I mean, if I can, like, I got a call, and it was like, tomorrow at four, I need... X amount of wow jokes it's like for that. this, and it was like okay, and brew up the coffee. Let's fucking party, and I love that. I mean, that really gets me like recharged. That's so cool. I mean, that makes really so cool. much sense with hosting as much as you do too. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that would be the perfect other outlet. Oh, it's amazing. It's kind of I'm not gonna say it's frustrating because I never get to. I've never really talked about it because you're not supposed to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, like, you've probably heard my jokes around. But um, yeah, I just can't really like. I don't know. It's kind of frustrating yeah. to not be able to like call dibs on what you said. But yeah. But yeah. You're the only one that knows. Oh, you yeah. and the person telling the joke. Yeah. But I like it. That's I fun. Know. It's. I think it's. It's fun to watch people laugh at things that you wrote, mm-hmm. you, even if you you're not taking credit for it. Because you're just in the corner, like because you know, because I'm cashing that check too. So yeah, because <laughs> like it pays more than like stand up comedy. Like stand up comedy doesn't pays nothing. pay. Yeah. Pays but nothing. if but in other venues, you can make money off of it. Mm-hmm. So I am happy to uh, trade off that. Uh, you know moment (laughs) for that paycheck for rent so yep absolutely what about you I mean I I started out also as a visual artist and a theater person but I feel like I've always really liked just making things like what you were saying about just you're happiest when you're making that's absolutely how I feel and like I used to make pup little like puppets for myself and had sketchbooks full of I know okay still look at me like that no I love it I'm like mm mm-hmm Oh, you oh, made puppets, I did you? <laughs> well, I bet no, you I, did, though. I did make puppets. It was, yeah, I was obsessed with marionettes when I was little. Right up until I read that fucking Goosebumps. Yeah, oh my God. Slappy. Not okay. I locked out his name. Yeah, Freaking slap. That damn ventriloquist, haunted ventriloquist dummy fucked me up, and I had to take all of the marionettes out of my room. They were oh in. Oh my God. They, it was like a horror movie. They were in my bedroom on like a, a shelf all yeah. the way around. I had to do the same thing with porcelain dolls after I saw Don't Look Under the Bed, the oh Disney Channel God, original really? movie. <laughs> you never they thought the porcelain dolls were creepy before that, though? <laughs> no, well, it was, it was particularly creepy because it was one that looked like me, and so oh God, in Tiffany. the movie, every time the boogeyman was coming, the porcelain doll's heads was all just, like, slowly turning. <laughs> at night, it's gonna be turning towards me, gotta go. That's, yeah, that was it. I was, like, laying in bed looking at all these marionettes being like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> so, but then, I don't know why I was like obsessed probably because of the trauma I was like obsessed after that with making oh, puppets anything that terrifies me I'm so obsessed with it yeah like, Pennywise the clown terrified me as a kid I'm obsessed yeah. with it I was I'm so a- scared of clowns that's why Lucky has white face because I was yeah. scared of it so I like became it to like eat my fear yeah yeah, yeah. That is, a lot yeah. actually a lot of the drag I do in general is things that like I'm terrified to do mm. like outside of, of this persona outside yeah. of like the comfort of like it's okay it's not really me like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I ate a bunch of bugs on stage once I would never what kind of bugs they were only crickets <laughs> and it was such protein. a waste because no one protein. could tell they, they couldn't tell chocolate covered crickets at places yeah they do which is 
I would eat that. I've yeah, had cricket pizza before. With it if it oh, was like no. made yeah. to be like food. Yeah. <laughs> cricket pizza and earthworm pizza. It's I, not actually that bad. I have once like you cook it. a death leaf. Mm-hmm. No. no. Yeah, it's on top of the pizza. Unless I'm on Survivor, I will not be eating any it's bugs. Well, it's when are crunch. you getting on Survivor? <laughs> I don't know yet. It's adding I did crunch. get LASIK, so I could have potential. <laughs> You got LASIK so you could be on Survivor? Okay, no, but I was thinking about getting LASIK for that reason. You're, and you and these, it's, just, it's like how you were talking about making your plan so far ahead of time. That is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. I got LASIK so now I can be on Survivor. I what? mean, if I ever wanted to, but then also when I started doing drag, <laughs> I would like get so much make, like makeup remover in my eyes, it would ruin my contacts. And I was like, yeah. I'm tired of throwing these away. So, yeah. So you got LASIK. I got LASIK. Man, the sacrifices we make for drag. I know, right? Don't lie, though. It was just for Survivor. <laughs> I see you. Oh Do you God. imagine in drag? Can, that would be cool. I mean, will you talk about your other reality show uh, that you were almost... Yeah. So, I mean, yeah actually, I, is, are you allowed right. to talk about that? I don't really know. I mean, they don't. it's not my legal name on here, so I guess that's I can't. That's true. But, uh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe one day they'll listen to it and be like, fuck this bitch. But, um, yeah, I was almost on Big Brother two years in a row. Like uh, She was, like, in final... Yeah, I was in sequester in finals, meeting all the producers, doing all the psych tests, like couldn't leave the hotel for 10 days, like Uh. crazy. Uh, And so the first year it was for 15, it didn't happen for me. Uh, And like I was supposedly, after the fact I was told it was too similar to the uh, blonde girl they were putting in and so uh, they put in like a gay guy that better balanced her but they were like we love you so much you don't have to audition again we're just bringing you straight back to this again next year missed my grad school graduation for this my oh like, my wow. god didn't know I was in sequester again to be in the house and then what happened to me was they got Frankie Grande to be the gay and they were like oh! Oh, sorry, Frankie uh, Grande. We got Frankie Grande's people to sign the contract. <laughs> and I was like, and they're like, we'll call, we'll call for you next year. I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. This is like, it would be Your the casting process is like months long. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. even though like the second time I wasn't really in the process, it was months of like anxiety around this. Like, like, is okay. this going to happen? And then thank God it didn't. Like, Big Brother is, you know, kind of whatever at this point. And <laughs> I wanted to be on it back then because, like, I thought it was the ultimate game. Like, how cool would it be to play yeah. and to win the ultimate game? Uh, but now it's so, like, this production is why you heavy, should everything. Be on reality TV. Like, yeah. I honestly didn't know that Big Brother was still a thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember yeah. it from, like, my <laughs> formative memories be. in my childhood and people being, like, super obsessed with a bunch of people I feel like middle America and southerners are still just obsessed with it like every week they gotta watch all episodes I can't get into it it just doesn't do anything for me I mean not anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, shall I yes what is the funniest mishap to happen to you on stage? Oh, no. Have I talked about the Caswell thing on here? No. With the bananas chasing the woman? I have. I have. have Trace you? said I have. Oh. Well, I, I, I don't remember this. Okay, well, I'll just go. This I'll is the l- funniest thing that ever happened to me. So I announced Caswell at Milwaukee Pride, and uh, he, like, goes and runs out. I, like, see a body barrel roll up onto the stage, <laughs> and this girl, who is fucking clearly wasted, she's jumps up onto the stage and just starts running towards Caswell so I like run after her in a moment and grab her by the ponytail oh my god <laughs> she shakes past uh, like she like shakes out of it and I'm like what's going on I, I feel like she's gonna tackle him I don't know what's happening he's performing all this is happening there's a huge crowd it's like Saturday night this woman's barreling at him and uh, like all these people dressed as bananas because they were like the backup people they just start charging at her <laughs> so they try to get her they, they're all holding her this is like a fucking wacky video game they're holding this woman they take her over to the stairs she shakes loose from them rolls down the stairs being chased by bananas she goes to get up she falls backwards into a pile of garbage <laughs> And I'm just watching and it, like, what the fuck is and, and he's performing the whole time and no one knows. But we're all just looking at this crazy woman. But the bananas That's so now. Wild. The bananas. Incredible. It was so good. Anyways, what's the wackiest mishap? Something falling oh apart. God. I wish I could tell you guys I had some kind of wacky mishap. I think well, uh, I guess like for me is like whacking a bunch of people with uh, I wore this big cardboard <laughs> like uh, 
peacock outfit for crash landing back when I was in it and Uh-oh. just like whacking everyone with it as I like moved around like I don't know I try to keep my performances and everything pretty tight so uh yeah That's sorry awesome. guys <laughs> damn peacock attack your tits fell off on Sunday uh I pulled my tits off okay. <laughs> because they were about to fall off <laughs> You just have to, you know, jettison them. No, that's the thing is, my drag is uh, apparently the exact opposite of Tiffany's. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's lots of chaos. I, I like thrive in chaos. All of all of my shit falls apart all the time. Like, I expect something bad to happen. So usually my performances uh, involve that in some way that I can control. But I think the one time that it didn't happen the way I wanted to at all is I was performing at uh, a Pride in Colorado. And, like, it was the first time that they had had this Pride. So it was all volunteers who had never worked with Queens. And I was like, yeah. Somebody had thrown away my tucking tape that, like, I had already, like, pulled out. And it's, like, the middle of summer. And I know it's going to be hot. And I'm, like, wearing a bikini. And I do lots of acrobatics. (laughs) Okay, I can feel it. What happened? And so, like, I make it through most of this really fucking awesome performance, doing splits and flips and kicks. And then I, like, just do, like, one handstand. And while I'm doing this handstand, I feel my dick fall. Oh, my God. At at the first pride that they had, so... So Happy Pride! That was their last. That was their last Pride. again. <laughs> Actually, I did forget. Were you there when I fell off that table? Yes. <laughs> I absolutely was. Uh, big gems. I said big gems. Oh my god, I remember that. You were there right before you walked in. It was yes. as big gems, and I was like wrapping up my oh number, god. got on top of the table, and those I tables like, were not sturdy. They were not, and I just I surfed down it. It was pretty graceful, if I do say so myself. And I think you did a little like gymnastics and like, I did. Uh-huh. Like, you put your arms up and you were like, I got it. I mean, what else are you going to do at that point? But yeah, yeah, just like up on the table one second, next sliding down, sliding across the floor, and yep. then pose. Oh, I was no. right next to you and I just was like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, everyone was like, like oh, no, Tiffany. I just stood up and yeah, posed. You did. That's all you can do. We're very graceful. <laughs> it's the most graceful fall I've ever seen. Lucky you were in oh, the, no. the number with Kat where she like broke her foot because the girl was like smearing yep. cake all over the stage. Yep. Just like a fucking nightmare. Kat was carrying me. The reason oh, this is okay. No. I'm, I'm was, going on the record now. You heard it here. Oh. Kat broke their foot because they were saving me from going head first off the stage. Oh, God. Like it would have totally, they would have been totally fine. Yeah. But I would have like gone head first off of the stage of Berlin, which is like three and a half feet up or something. Yeah, that's significant. Yeah. And the, I was oh in God. their arms. So it was another like the, three feet. The, per- the person before that performed had said like, there's no mass involved where they would have like prepared for it. The person took an entire cake apart, smeared butter all cream of buttercream so all over their body. And then on a took, metal like, stage. On a, and it, it took like five minutes to like for Trey, uh, a stage manager to smear it up and then water and then dry and and it was still slippery because it's covered in oil and then and then we went down and then oh it was and then God. we were just yeah I wasn't hurt at all it was miraculous and Cat fully fractured their foot wow it was insane yeah that was less funny and more traumatic but, uh, <laughs> I mean like that I made us one though but it's true that's and that's <laughs> we need just a recording of auntie chan saying that so oh we can God. splice into this podcast um now i've forgotten the funny one i'm reliving the trauma it's talk okay. amongst yourselves <laughs> <laughs> nope can't remember okay I definitely have had a couple of instances where like shit fell apart on stage and you were just there on the mic like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep. (laughs) Oh, I like to acknowledge it because I get, you know, I think it helps the audience get through it. (laughs) I was was live singing David Bowie in like a a space alien outfit and I had this like giant, what essentially amounted to a giant slinky coiled around me and I had stoned this bodysuit but I didn't know about E6000 then because I was a little baby so I had just used like Gemtac or something and the slinky, 
as I was like gyrating wildly, the slinky started rubbing up against all the stones on the bodysuit and they started popping off and like flying into the audience. And I was just like, okay, I guess this is my life. And I'm live singing, so I can't even like, the inflection in my voice just kept getting more and more intense on the mic. God. It was really rough. That was a rough time. <laughs> You have to go through those times. I had to grow. I had to grow and change and become the slightly less embarrassing humanish person you see here today. Hey. And that's how it goes. And that's and the tea. Um, all right, we have uh, one final question. We're going to wrap oh. it up. Ooh. I'll ask it. Okay. Uh, what do the non-queer people in your life think about your drag? Oh, they're so baffled. Really? They're supportive, but baffled. I feel like your family is very supportive. They're very supportive, but they're confused always. That's sort of like the general vibe. Yeah. They're, like, they're like, we love that you're living your art. What's going on now? Yeah. <laughs> but mostly good. Is your family Evie? I mean, my family has had no choice but to be really supportive of me because I'm good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not about to like pretend like one of their children isn't good at something that they're good <laughs> I at. Love yeah, that. I love that. <laughs> That, that really is the bottom line, too. <laughs> and it's, like, what I'm passionate about. So, like, they've always like, are been... Are bills paid? Yeah. Are you doing a good job? If they come see you at a show and you're, like, doing great and everyone's celebrating you, how can you not feel that, uh, you know, that moment of, like, damn, my kid looks cool. I, I know. Have they seen you at a show? Have yeah. they come and seen you? Yeah, so they've they've all come and seen me That's from, like, cool. grandmas to, oh, to like, dads and all, all everything. But I will say I wish they understood exactly, like what it means to me and what it is for me and that part like I just don't think they might I just don't think they'll ever get it because even though they know that I'm good at this they know that I love this and they support me they still are like so when are you going to go back to school yeah. Like, yeah. what are you going to do with your real life and yeah. I'm like what if this is my real life like, this is a fun hobby yeah that's hard it's it's what it, it's what it is. I think it's hard for yeah. non queer people to truly understand what right. the even the business side of drag yeah. really is. Yeah. They just don't get they don't it. They get it. It's a real. I don't thing. think they know that there's so much money to be made and so much like of an industry behind it, yeah. and it still seems kind of back room to them. Yeah, so exactly. Right? Back room is a good way of putting yeah. it. I will never uh, forget the day my mother texted me and was like, "Nancy Pelosi's going to be on Drag Race. The world is upside down." <laughs> and I was just like, "It's mainstream now. Yeah, like it's a thing." It's, it's. I mean, there's still moments where it's dirty and gross. Oh sure. It's uh, you know, it's safer than ever. That's true. And uh, despite Tiffany falling off that table <laughs> <laughs> what about that the happen what about the non-queer people in your life honestly like everyone's been pretty supportive like yeah. most people that knew me growing up like this was no surprise like okay when I was yep. in like, fourth grade I briefly changed my name to Serena oh my god <laughs> fourth grade what you're so old like, uh, what did your what did what, what, I was obviously this. with Sailor Moon um, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Was uh, your family like, was, are you transitioning? Or like, I mean, my there? parents were actually like fully prepared for me to tell them like that was going to happen. Wow. But uh, wow. yeah, like this was at school. I don't remember. I mean, I'm sure my parents knew because I was a blabbermouth and would like tell my mom everything anyway. Um, but like <laughs> I changed my name to Serena and uh, yeah, I don't know. I like kind of had like a weird experience like with growing up being like gay because I at this I was so openly myself but like not aware of like that being gay so like everyone around me just knew and were like always supportive like really great and wonderful and then like everyone was just kind of there for me to catch up so it's kind of been the same with drag like once I said like I'm gonna do this same thing the only thing was like my mom is like while my mom is like my biggest fan and supporter, she's also my toughest critic and has oh, no problem yeah. telling me. I like, love that. Ooh, love that. I didn't like when you wore that. Ooh, your hair doesn't look that great there. Mm-hmm. When I was first starting, it was like she was very much like, I don't know about this. And then like once I started getting good, she was like, Yeah. <laughs> and now she's she loves like tell me what she likes, what she doesn't like. Ooh, I texted T the other day because my mom listened to the podcast for the first time. Hi yeah. mom. Hi mom. Um, and she was like. It's great. I think you're really tapping into something here. I have notes. Giant <laughs> message full of notes. I love that though. Yeah, it's good. So, yeah. yeah, she's got really good ideas. She used to work in TV. Oh, See? That's great. 
we're, we're going to be legit one of these days and we'll thank your mom. Eventually. <laughs> it's about to happen eventually. We're just, you know, we're still here. Um, my, yeah, I feel like my mom was like really supportive mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't have like a huge family, but my mom, yeah. And my grandmama was like super supportive. Yeah, grandmama. I love that. Do you have any like non-familial queer or non-queer people in your life? No. Support? Not really. That I don't really talk to that many straight people. Like, I mean, I have like childhood friends that I keep in contact with. Like, um, actually they listen, but, uh, Rebecca and Brandon, like I knew Rebecca since I was in eighth grade and, uh, they have two or three, three kids now. They're the cutest little redheaded kids. I mm-hmm. wish I could see them more. And they have raised these kids so correctly. Whenever I go home, they pick me up from the airport. The kids know about my drag. They look at the pictures. They're familiar with everything and they're raising their kids. Right. They just, you know, they're, you know, surrounding them with all types of people. And, uh, I I just love how it's they the raise future. their kids. It is the future. Ah, it's really cool. And it's great because to introduce a kid to something and it just is what it is and it's not, you know, they're not like, you know. Yeah, there's not a, ju- a, a yeah. sort of like place in the world kind of judgment. Like that goes yeah. into that box now. Yeah, it's just like, here's Ben. This is what he does. And LOL, moving on. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like, look yeah. at it. Isn't that weird and crazy? It's just Well, like, it's all taught. Kids don't know any better. They don't, yeah, and they don't care. Not, you know? They're not scared of shit. Like, they dress up as like princesses and from movies. Like, yeah. They don't, yeah. If you let, yeah. The dress up box. They're used to it. They yeah. get it. Like, I will say, I've had a, a particular impact on like my specific neighborhood that I live in because I live two blocks from the club so two blocks from tracks and it used to be quote unquote like the rough part of town now it's like half rough half gentrified and I like to like walk right in the middle of both streets (laughs) and like full drag all the time I'm like I'm a local staple at my gas station. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And they've actually come to support a few shows especially because like Denver has this really good scene for doing things for the millions of straight people. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of straight people come out. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have three or four different shows at breweries and stuff because that's a big thing. Wow. Just go drink beer and be really confused at some drag things you don't understand. Sounds like a good (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a great night. I feel like we spend so much time making fun of straight people just because that's like It happens. That's gonna be the punchline at a at a gay show. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I do I guess I do have more like I'm especially with like the fans who come to the show. Like those people that are straight and I'm I'm super thankful for them to kind of I guess come out of their comfort zone of of what would traditionally you would do on a Saturday night and yeah. and to seek out something queer and cool like this. I've been really surprised, especially because I work in theater and mo- there's a lot of queer people in theater, but mm-hmm. also there's like a shocking amount of straight men. Mm-hmm. And I know, gasp. <laughs> in this and, economy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been shocked because I'm not like shy about telling people that I do this. They're like, oh, who are you? What do you do outside of this? And I'm yeah. like, well, here's... You know, look at this picture. This yeah. is me, like whatever. And I've been shocked at the straight men, especially in theater, but like elsewhere too, who are like, "Oh, Drag Race!" Like I'm into that, or "Oh, my girlfriend watches yeah, that." Yeah, exactly. Oh, are you going? And like all the straight Lyft drivers that are like, yeah. "Oh, are you going to a show?" Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. they're super curious. My Lyft picture is me in drag because Same. of yeah. all of the times that Same. I get picked up. I don't want yeah. them to like not find me or whatever. <laughs> Or, like, pass me by because they're not expecting a clown on the street. I was going to say, people are never expecting whatever the fuck I'm coming Yes, from. I <laughs> Deeply relatable. Um, but they're always really excited and interested by it. And I feel like that's because, like, straight guys are put into such a... Like, if we think the queer box is yeah. restrictive, yeah. straight... Like, not... I'm not trying to say that straight guys have it hard because we all know that that's not true. But, like, they have it hard in a different way. They live in they a do. weird... Toxic masculinity. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a very, very, very yeah. restrictive, like, rigid set of rules that they have to live their lives by in order yeah. to be accepted and anything that's outside of that is kind of like a magical land it, and I feel like so many of those people like really connect to us because they see us just walking down the street as it is what it is Yeah, yeah. And they're like wow that's kind of wow. crazy because that's how they feel they are but they're accepted in that yeah. to just be straight walking down the street in cargo pants they can do whatever they want <laughs> they can do whatever want they can rule the world no one's gonna question it but we you know kind of live in our queer bubble uh especially here in chicago and i don't give a fuck my pants are tight 
I'm gay as hell. Like I, I want <laughs> to straight how I want. And I really do feel like a lot of straight people connect to how normal it is for us and like how, yeah. how comfortable that we are able to be, uh, to just go, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to let this like, you know, I mean, you have to Very come to real. that. You have to come to that eventually. Exactly. Yeah. But at some point in your queer life, you just go, bitch, I don't care who's trying to bully me. Mm-hmm. Who's trying to come at my ass. Like, let me just walk down the street. Exactly. People will respect you eventually. For themselves. Yes. Right. They, they wish, wish that. that for themselves. It's like, more exhausting. Yes. I experienced that even in high school. Like, I had a lot of straight guys, like, that felt that way and, like, wish they could just, mm-hmm. like, not give a shit. Because that's what yeah. it came down to. Yeah. Once I, like, actually came out, like, I just was who I was. And it wasn't, like, a being worried about anything before. It was just like, oh, now I know exactly what I yeah. am. I'm just going to do this. And I didn't really think about, like, what other people were going to think yeah. about that, about being so openly feminine and right. liking what I like. And once I did, there was nothing anybody could say. Because yeah. they were like, what are they going to tell me? Oh, you're gay. You're a fag. Yeah. Oh, you like... Bitch, I told you that first. And yeah. like, Next. Like, who yeah, cares? Absolutely. Did you not see that walking down the street? Okay. <laughs> yeah. like, and then well, we'll coming up kind it. of... Coming out kind of removes your Achilles heel. Yep. When you, that's the totally. thing that you don't want anyone to call you out on. And when sure. you say, I'm gay, bitch, what, who cares? Get and they rid go, of the secrets. Get rid of the shame. And they go, you're gay. I go, what okay, moving on. Why are you picking yeah. on me? Why are you worried about it? Yeah. yeah are you too? Are, yeah. Is that what you're trying to tell oh, Why are you worried about me, girl? That's what grinders for. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I think we're naturally. That was a great note to end on. Yeah. Are we, we just started yelling. Screaming <laughs> in the microphone. Sorry I'm sorry. Is sorry it loud? Yeah. Sorry if your headphones are. Turn it. Yeah. Tell your friends to turn it down in the last three minutes. <laughs> um, all right. I am a T-Rex in Chicago uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have some big shows coming up at Drag Matinee. We have James Mansfield on the 1st of uh, December for our Goofball, our all comedy show. Also, we have Tammy Brown on the 29th. Uh, and it's going to be fucking crazy. So. Uh, Tammy Brown. Oh, my God. Alien so from excited. another planet. To the so into it. All right. And? And I am lucky to, I know, I was, I was thinking about Tammy. <laughs> Fucking sue me. Um, I am lucky.stiff on Instagram. I am still lucky stiff too on Twitter because Carl won't return my phone calls. Some guy took, <laughs> took this Twitter. Carl Miller. Yeah. I'm out for you, Carl. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. I won't let it go. Um, and I, ho- I co-host Goddess uh, with Cat's Ass at Berlin Nightclub every third Friday. And it's a different theme every time. So follow us on on Facebook at Goddess the Show um, to see what we're coming up with. Also, I'm at uh, XYZ at Roscoe's every first Sunday of the month, mm-hmm. and uh, the first Sunday uh, uh, is it the second of December. It's going to be with uh, Kimchi and Detox. Yes. Oh, I'm at Drag Matinee on the eighth. <laughs> see, this is us trying to. <laughs> it's definitely on the eighth. This is me trying to figure out my schedule. <laughs> I don't know, so don't I don't know nothing. All right, Tiffany, how can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at like totally Tiffany, and the like is actually part of the title. Uh, and same with Twitter, it's at like totally Tiff, because Tiffany would not fit. And then uh, you can find me most Saturdays at Scarlet Bar, hosting pregame early drag show at nine, and that is real nine time, not drag nine time. So come early for you early birds, and then head out to uh, some of the later shows. And then drag uh, man, drag man. Yes, yes. Uh, and then like, you can find me other places around the city sometimes you can find me at Battle Royale and uh, you can find me at Wild Wind Tattoo yes. for your tattoo needs in a few months or so <laughs> <laughs> once she tattoos the pig yes hey TV. I am Oddly Evie on Instagram. I think I'm Oddly Evie on Twitter. I'm the one with no posts, <laughs> but it'll happen someday. <laughs> um, you can you can catch me in Denver if you're ever there, or in an unreleased Big Sean music video if you like. What? Search super hardcore. I don't know where the fuck it is and why I haven't seen it. When was it filmed? Like last year, like a year ago. 
He was like, this video is going to be revolutionary. Drag queens, queer people. And then I never saw shit from it. Oh, no. I feel like it's my fault. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, cheers to that. All right. Cheers. Thank you guys for coming with us. Coming with us today. Thank you for coming with us. Thank you for coming on the tea. I don't know what. Man, you are off the rails. I'm tired. I woke up early to vote. Everything's raggedy. I'm falling apart. Anyways, cheers. Uh, Cheers. Thank you for coming and listening to the tea. Cheers. We'll see you next time.